Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number 26 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about flipping books. You know, books are one of my favorite things to sell online. I like books, uh, any kind of media, DVDs, CDs, uh, old VHS tapes, all of those things I love because it's easy to sell them, it's easy to find the prices, uh, and the values, and they're easy to ship. Yes. And if you do your research right, you can always make money with media, books especially. Sure. Yeah. I know when I'm teaching eBay workshops, I always let um, people know that when they're brand new, they want to start on eBay, they they want to jump right in to start with books, because books, everybody has some. They're on, on your shelf. You know, everybody has some books laying around from the cookbook to everything. And the great thing about the eBay app is you can scan that barcode. And when you scan that barcode, you can automatically um, do your research. You can make it go to completed listings with the barcode and can take a look at the sold, the unsold, and what's currently listed, which is also a very important thing to look at. Because if there's a hundred of them at 99 cents, (laughs) you don't want to, you don't want to put yours on there. I like to sell books on eBay better than Amazon or most of the other places. Sure. Uh, There's an app that's available. It's called Scout IQ. And You can do the same thing with that. It will scan barcodes, and it will tell you what's going on with that particular book on Amazon. And it does a really nice job. It'll it'll give you an idea of how many are there and how much profit you can make. Uh, It'll tell you how often a book is sold in the past six months, and you can set it up with triggers so that the, the app will learn what your parameters are for selling. It's a great app, but I don't like Amazon. No. I buy a lot of stuff from Amazon, but I don't like to sell on Amazon. It's just, eBay is so easy. It has a separate category for books. People go there probably not as often as Amazon, but it has enough traffic to make it worthwhile for a bookseller. Now, wait a minute, Wayne. Don't you have a couple books on Amazon? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. But you know what's interesting is um, uh, a couple of my self-published books are are printed uh, print on demand. Okay. So they don't print the book until someone buys it. But I see my books on eBay all the time because yeah. people will go onto the uh, onto Amazon. And buy my books. And I don't print the price on the cover of the book. I just you know put it out there so no matter where I am, I can put an appropriate price on it. Sure. They'll buy my books and then they'll put them on eBay and sell them for more money than I was asking for on Amazon. 
I see it all the time. There's a bunch of them out there. And you know what? I don't care. That's right. I got the price that I asked for it. That's right. If someone else wants to make a buck or two on it, that's okay with me. Go for it. In fact, if it wasn't for those resellers, I might not be selling anything. (laughs) Who knows? I am in no danger of winning a Pulitzer Prize. (laughs) Well, that's why I had to laugh when you were saying about selling on Amazon. But I know it's a little different with print on demand. Right. And a lot of times, I mean, we're talking also about um, vintage and antique type books. And you're not vintage yet. Well, my books aren't vintage. Anyway, I might be, but but not my books. Yeah, with a little bit of research, it's easy to find the price of books, and and people pass them by. This, if you go to an estate sale or a yard sale, people will walk by a whole wall full of books. Uh, they might give it a cursory glance, but if they don't see names they recognize or something they want to read, mm-hmm. uh, they'll go buy it, and it's. You have to know the basics of buying and selling books before you buy at those places. You can't just buy anything. Oh, no. Because a lot of the older books and better books don't have barcodes. So right. you can't scan those. And you have to, it's important to know how to tell if it's a first edition or not. Right. Speaking of which, um, a lot of times first editions will actually say it right in there, they'll be stamped first edition and that's Mm -hmm. that's quite handy (laughs) i always appreciate it when they do that Uh, i want to cover briefly how to identify first editions because they're not all stamped right first edition typically when you open up a book on one of the early pages it will have generally it'll have a series of numbers and the numbers will be one through ten or it'll go backwards and go ten through one and as each edition is printed, they'll take one of those numbers off. For example, if you see a row of 10 numbers and it's got the 1 in it, that's probably a first edition. Uh, if you pick it up and, and the first number in the series is 3, well, that's a third edition. That's one way to tell. Each publisher has their own system for marking first editions or what edition a book is. The most common is with the numbers, but sometimes you see it with letters. Sometimes they'll have dates involved, but you can go online. If you if you know who the publisher is and it's written right on the book, then you can find out what their system is for, for identifying a first edition. Because it makes a difference. If you get uh, an older book and it's a first edition, uh, you, you found something worthwhile. The tough thing to do is when you go into a house with a wall of books what do you do? Do you go through them all to find the first edition? I never do. I, I browse and see what they are, what the titles are, get an idea of what the age is, and I'll pull out a few that I think might be interesting and interesting and spot check them. But if I, it's just so, it takes so much time to do that mm-hmm. that uh, I've got to be, I've got to find some things that are interesting. And then if I do find enough, I might make an offer on the whole thing because I guarantee everybody else at the sale is walking right by them and they're going to want to get rid of them. (laughs) I learned early on how to sell books, and I actually did sell books on Amazon for a while, and I compared the two. I had an Amazon uh, business account, Mm -hmm. and I took it out for a spin for a while, and 
I would research my book on Amazon and I would research it on eBay and mm-hmm. I would research it on Abe. Right. Abe. Which is owned by Amazon. Is it really? It is, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I would do this research and then wherever I felt I could make the most amount of money, that's where I would place mm-hmm. my book. And I can remember the book on etiquette. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the... The uh, woman's name, the uh, woman's Emily Post. Name. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but it was a it was a thick book on etiquette, and I and I picked it up one time, and I looked it up, and on eBay it was going for a couple dollars, mm-hmm. and on Amazon they were going for hundreds. Really, and I couldn't believe this, so I was like, okay, well, I'll put mine on Amazon for I think I put it up for like a hundred and fifty, and I sold it. Mm. And on eBay, they were only going for a couple bucks. So then I started buying them mm-hmm. on eBay <laughs> and then sure. and then started flipping them on Amazon. So that worked out for a little while until mm-hmm. people got wise, right. but that it was, you know, very profitable while it lasted. And, mm-hmm. and that's how, that's how online business is. It's, right. you know, you ride the wave, sell when you can, when, mm-hmm. when the market is hot and the trending you know, is happening because it'll change tomorrow. Yes. Yes, it will. So when you go out picking, do you, uh, are you actively looking for books? I mean, have you ever bought a big bunch of books? uh, I have. I have. Um, One time my husband and I were at an an estate sale and they had some books under the table. And it Mm -hmm. was when I was still new to Amazon and eBay and all that or mostly new to Amazon. And I pulled out a box of books under the table and he hadn't even put them out yet. And there mm-hmm. was more and more and more boxes. And then he came out of, of um, the house and said, listen, I've got another house of books. Really? <laughs> and we were like a house of books. What do you mean? And his, his father or somebody had passed away and they were book hoarders and we were the first one that got to go to this house. So he wow. we followed him over there and I never in my life had seen anything like this. It was like paths. You mm. would walk through the house oh. with books to the ceiling almost. Yeah. Little path through the house. I've seen those. Yeah. Even, even the kitchen table, everything in the kitchen, they only had little TV trays next to where they would sit. Mm-hmm. And look through, you know, the books <laughs> to the TV. All those books and they watch TV. Imagine. Unbelievable. So we negotiated a price. My husband's a really good wheeler dealer. And I believe we got all of those books for about $1,000. Wow. And then. How many books do you think that was? Oh, I don't know, Wayne. It 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 took me about six months to sell all those books. It was, there were so many we rented a U-Haul and hired a couple guys and filled the U-Haul. But my husband had 6,000 record albums in the garage. So we had to, um, he had to scurry to hurry. Actually, it was, I mentioned in our episode from Maine, it was our leftovers from Maine right. that we had purchased. And um, so it was like, okay, we're we're over the records now. <laughs> we, <laughs> we sold all the good ones. So he hurry up and called someone and made a big sale on the rest of the records. And then we turned our garage now from, 
a record store to a bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so fun. It was so much fun. And I swear, it was the same situation. We made all our money back in the first couple of books. Sure. Okay. This is a good place to stop. And we're going to have a word from our sponsor, but we'll be right back. WorthPoint helps you make more money by ensuring that every sale brings the profit it should. We take the guesswork out of how much to pay and how high to price. The WorthPoint Price Guide lists over 500 million items, sold for prices, and photographs. 15 years of antiques and collectibles data. Put simply, WorthPoint helps you make more money. For a 7-day, seven 7-look-up seven free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Okay, we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we're discussing flipping books. So we're going to turn the page to the next part of our podcast and move ahead with the topic. Books that are still pretty good today about tools, mm -hmm. um, architectural books, bridge building. Right. You know, these kind of, um, kind of rare books that were by authors that didn't put out a lot of, of publications, but mm -hmm. These people were obviously fans of, of right. these types of books, so they, they were just unbelievable. When I lived in Annapolis, Maryland, my house was it looked like a library. Yeah, I had been keeping textbooks from college, and, and I had books on arts and crafts and music books and repair manuals. I just had all kinds of stuff that I've collected. So I started selling those, and I found that – the best, some of the best sellers were uh, repair manuals. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, this is really great. If I knew these were going to sell this well, I ought to go out and get some more. So I started, <laughs> I started accruing, accumulating more books as I was trying to get rid of other ones. And I'd put them online and they would all bring pretty good prices. I mean, even now, uh, I bought a, I just bought a, another car and it was used. It didn't have a, an owner's manual. So I went online on eBay and found it and bought it and paid $25 for it. So that wasn't a lot, but it was still new in the box. So I know that everything's there. But I've made pretty good money on those uh, repair books. Then what happened uh, in the early aughts, all these things started to go online. And it got to the point where you could find Owner's manuals for yeah. everything online. Yeah. And that business just went right down the, the tubes. Yeah. Uh, another good seller I found was um, a religion and new age books, self-improvement books that weren't bestsellers. Because uh, bestsellers just aren't worth – those are the ones you find for 99 cents. Right. Because so many of them are published. But all of those – Books that will teach you how to do things uh, sell very well. Yeah, so do Bibles. Mm -hmm. I've done really, really well with Bibles. And, um, you know, it depends on the leather bound. And I did really well. One time I had a Bible that was um, a small Bible that had a metal casing. It was leather and metal. And it went in the pocket of like a Civil War soldier. Really? Wow, a Civil War soldier. Yes. Where did you find that? Yes, I forget. I, I huh. can't remember, but. 
You bought it new, right? Yeah, I bought it new. Now, I, I can't remember where I got it. I, I don't think it was a consignment item, but this was way back when. What a neat thing. And it even had like a little dent in it, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you couldn't help to wonder. Yeah, if it stopped a bullet. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but Bibles do really well. Um, they did. And you know what else does well is alcoholic. It's AAA. AAA is the American Automobile Association. I don't think you Not mean AAA. that. Triple A. No, what? you want you want AA, Alcoholics okay. Anonymous. <laughs> okay, now we got a blooper. That's right. We figured it out. I'll drink to that. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So, Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. That's that's last time I checked. It depends on the edition, but they they usually sell pretty well. And cookbooks had a good run. Right. Cookbooks used to do really well, and then they've slowly, you know, have have cut back. But I've done okay with box lotting them mm-hmm. into um, box lots. Uh, I've always been a voracious reader. Summer after first grade. I broke my leg, and that was before walking casts and that sort of thing. So I was hobbling around as a six- or seven-year-old on crutches for the whole summer, and my mother went out and bought me a stack of comic books, and I read the comic books. I went right through them. So I was ready for something else, and she bought me my first Hardy Boys book. Oh, nice. And I became an absolute fanatic for Hardy Boys books. Wow. <clears throat> and they're still selling really well. On uh, You look up Hardy Boys on Worth Point, and the top-selling Hardy Boys book, it was about nine years ago, was The Tower Treasure, and it sold for $3,995. Wow. And there are lots of other ones like that right now in, uh, sold uh, the past 30 days in on eBay. Uh, there was a, a set of older Hardy Boys books sold for three thousand uh, dollars. There was an, a, a first edition of the Tower Treasure, mm-hmm. which sold for seven hundred and fifty dollars. And Hardy Boys books are everywhere, yes. just everywhere. But the thing is, they decided in the fifties that the original books needed to be rewritten because they wanted to update oh. them for. You know, newer technology, they wanted to get rid of out-of-date references mm-hmm. in general through the book. And they started changing uh, publishers and changing covers. And for a collector, it's just a nightmare because you have to separate the valuable ones from the run-of-the-mill ones. And, of course, these books are old enough that they don't have bark. So right. uh, you just have to know what it's about and and do your research and learn the additions learn the addition let me mention before we go too much further other places to look for books other than estate sales and and yard sales you can find some good deals on facebook marketplace and uh, library sales of course when library sales are advertised uh, book pickers or book scouts as they're known in the book business Come in droves. You know, there's websites that tell you where all the library sales are, and you you better be there early, and you better know where everything is to get good good sales there. But you mentioned uh, 
Goodwill, uh, shopgoodwill.com always has books. Sure. Yeah. I, I actually, um, a good tip is if you have a favorite, maybe you live by a, a favorite thrift store, for example, and when you um, go into the thrift store, there's usually bookcases and bookcases of books. Right. And I know it's overwhelming um, for people that are like myself that, that sell everything and anything. And it can be overwhelming and you don't want to spend time on books. You want to, you know, get a, go, go around the store and look at other things. Right. But I have learned that the book section can be like, a day when you need to relax. So right. you would you would go there, you would grab a chair and just right. sit and just start looking up books. And it can right. be it can be rewarding and and refreshing. You never know what you're going to find. You know, you never know cuz I I've been to many estate sales where people get in a hurry to set up and they don't pay attention to the stuff that gets under the table. Right. And that's where you find the goods because the good they deals. didn't they didn't get to um, go through that box yet. Oh yes. Also, when you're when you're selling books, there's a lot of acronyms. You know, for hardback, dust jacket, cover. You want to, you know, use those kind of words in your title. And then there's good words for describing your your book. And one key thing that a lot of book collectors want to know is if it smells right. You know, does that book smell? And so if your book does not smell, you definitely want to put that in your description. And if it does smell, you also want to put that in your description. And you want to put that in the condition box that it has a a musty odor or a smoke odor. odor. Yeah, I've seen uh, ads for books that say from a smoke-free home. Right. And you have to do that anyway because you need to note just like with records, you have to say what the condition is. Right. Is it fair or good or like new or new? And there are parameters on eBay and Amazon for what constitutes a good versus a fair mm-hmm. or a poor. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with, you know, did somebody take notes in the margin or does it have yellow highlighting in it or any color highlighting? Right. Uh, is do they do they dog ear the pages? Is the dust cover torn? Right. Uh, is the binding intact? All of those things are are important to denote the condition of the book. Yeah. And you ha- you have to know that, and you have to list it. Generally, when I'm describing a book, I'll say clean, tight pages, secure binding. Right. And that's generally, and then of course I'll put smoke free, but. Yeah, and then also if there's any um, signatures inside, signed mm-hmm. books, right. right? signed signatures. And then it's funny because some people will – have you seen a book where it's mass-produced with a signature? Right. So the person yes. didn't really sign it. Right, right. So there's a big difference in that description. Right. So what I what I do is if I I get a book I find a book and I I question if it's been signed if, or if it was mass produced it's printed signature right. I would hold it up to the light or you can rub your hand around the back of it and see if you feel any pen indents on it right. and kind of just you know use your your good judgment but if you if it is signed you can still say 
that it's signed, but you do need to say that it's a printed signature. Of course, you have no way of, of authenticating the signature. Well, unless you want to send it off. Right. You could mm-hmm. always do that. I mean, if it's a, a, you know, a big money signature and it's going to help you sell your book, then, of course, I recommend Global Authentics. They're, right. they're, um, and if you're a WorthPoint user, you can get a 20% discount if you send stuff right. to them. Right. I use them a lot. Do you? Another tip I wanted to share when my daughters went to University of Florida and on um, in between semesters when somebody would move out, those mm-hmm. kids would throw out all their books. And really, I would back up. Back then, I had a, a mom van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would back up my van by the dumpsters and load it up with all of them college books. Yeah, the kids and they just throw out. Sure, I mean, they're the books are expensive. Textbooks, as long as they're in current use will sell for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But then some of the older ones uh, will will as well. I'm, I majored in theater and I kept all of my lighting and design books and manuals, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And some of those things were really big books. Mm-hmm. And when I sold them, they sold for a lot of money. Oh, I bet. Because things like that, traditional skills and, and the arts, they don't go away. And yeah. people, they're, they're evergreen. One thing that you want to watch for that is frowned upon and is many times not allowed on eBay are teacher's editions. And Really? Yeah. And even on Amazon, there was a time that you were not. There are certain books that if you have a teacher's edition, you're not allowed to sell because it's got the answers in it and it's got... Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I'm surprised at that because I'm surprised teachers don't already know the answers. I mean, if I was in school, I'd want to take courses from teachers who knew the answers, wouldn't you? Yeah, teachers need to buy books. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so that's, I ran into that. I got, I had a book pulled from eBay one time. Well, thanks for that tip, because that's one I'd never heard of before. Okay, well, we're coming toward the end of it here. It's amazing how time flies when you're having fun. So this wraps up number 26, and I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us. You can visit us at flipitorskipit.com and get a rundown of all our episodes and what we talk about and the silliness that goes on, and, and you'll know exactly what you'll be dealing with before you download it. Dana? That's great. I will see you next week. Okay. Thanks, Swing. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.com.